believe you're the savior of our soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Bram, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. The check was for thousands of dollars after buying gas with pennies. So I tell you, our God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And God loves a cheerful giver, not a begrudging giver. And it's never about the money. It's about the faith and the heart. But in our own lives, you have testimony and stories too. Like, oh, how are we going to do this? And it comes through. I'm telling you, it all gets redistributed. So if you're in a financial crux, God can make a stranger write you a check for $170 or call you and say, we're going to give you this check. You're hoping for a couple hundred thousands. Like, you just don't know. But like, don't limit God. Because all these people with all this wealth fighting God, they die and the wealth stays behind. And Ecclesiastes tells us, guess what? It gets given to someone else. Solomon said he'll take it from the rich man who didn't serve him and leaves it behind. And he'll give it to someone who does serve him who's still left behind. And a living dog's better than a dead lion. Ecclesiastes. So, in this situation, we see that they would fear the Lord in the sense that they, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You see, it all goes together that there's a dependency upon God in heaven to be our provider. Now, some of you are really smart and very successful at making money. In fact, we're very high proportionate that way in this congregation. So praise the Lord that God has done these things in your life that you can be extremely successful in how to make money and large sums of money. Some of you have prospered beyond measure, but we don't ever want to say like, this is of me. Like, oh, look what I've done. Because Nebuchadnezzar said, wow, Babylon. What a great thing. What happens? He goes, nothing. He's eating grass for seven seasons until he learns that the Lord's the one who provides. Even, even the king of Babylon had to learn that lesson. So we don't ever want to say, like, I did this. We always want to be that the Lord provides for us. Now, the younger people, we have young couples that come to church here, and we have young couples that have grown up here and moved on and done different things. And It's a process to learn to trust the Lord with your wealth. It really is. But he'll meet us where we're at. And from the lessons that we learned a long time ago, you always want to take your needs to the Lord. We had a situation in Virginia where uh, we had a, a mission group come through and do like a, a rah-rah thing at our church. It was awesome. Everybody signed up to sponsor missionaries. But what happened was they took all the church money and redistributed it to missionaries. So the exact amount of money they signed up to give to missionaries disappeared in the regular church funds. And I was uh, jobless. I mean, I had the title... And so I, I sought counsel from other pastors that I respect. And they said, well, you need to get in front of the church and tell them that you're going to have to get a regular job because the money's not there. And uh, you just need to tell the church. So they, they need to know. So the next day I go to work at 3150 Magic Hollow 
Calvary Chapel, Hampton Roads. I show up, and there's a book on the life of George Mueller on the front door. And there's the Venture in Faith VHS that Pastor Chuck had made in the early 90s, which became iconic and is still one of the best things that Calvary Coast Mesa ever produced, Venture in Faith. I had not seen it yet. So when I'm thinking about presenting to the congregation the financial need, I get a George Mueller book, and I get the Venture Faith video from, I don't know who put him there. Where do those things come from that day? Where do they come from? How? No, no, nothing. They're just on the front porch of the church. We're in a strip mall. They're right next to Kinder Care in 7-Eleven. What is this? As I'm praying about, what do I do? George Mueller always took his needs to God, never man. I read that book and I said, Lord you're, Lord, you're telling me, take my needs to God, not man. And so I will. Many of you know, we never did present that need to the church. We gave plasma for months, my wife and I, twice a week to not put that burden on the church. I learned a lot what it's like to give your blood for others. Laying down for hours at a time is a powerful lesson in our life, but my God will supply all of our needs according to his rich and glory. We need to fear the Lord. We need to put our trust in the Lord. We need to know, like, you young people that feel like the housing market's getting away from you, it might be getting away from you, but God can just give you a house. People give you cars. Remember, I gave away three cars this year. Someone gave me a car. That's good. I like that. This car, this car, this car. That car's an upgrade too, by the way. That was a, was a good deal. I mean, if I was in the car business, I got a, it was a good deal. I didn't even, I just gave away three cars. Well, two we gave away. One was destroyed in vandalism. And in the end, I just gave it all to the Lord. And God gave me the car that I, I really love. It's my favorite car in years. I think it's my favorite car ever. I love my car. Because it's, it's kind of like a truck, but it's not a truck. But it's like, you know, it's an HP Cruiser. It's the right car. God is able to do. So we need to fear the Lord. We need to realize the Lord gives the early rain and the latter rain. If he doesn't give rain, you need to ask him, why aren't you giving rain? And if there's a chasing, we need to take it like a woman of God or a man of God. If, if someone plunders your wealth, you just got to take it like a man of God and you'll be tested. A woman of God, you'll be tested. Because you'll find what you're made of when someone takes your wealth. We can't all just be like Job and lose everything and one day go, oh man, the Lord has given, the Lord has taken. Some of us are like, no, they took it, and I'm going to go get them. That's the natural response, right? That's the natural response when you're a giver and you're a victim of a taker. But takers take, and it's never enough, even when they take in almost all your stuff. But givers give and keep on giving because they're always willing to keep on forgiving. we got to get to the finish line of being a giver, not a taker. And if we're a taker, we need to let go and become a giver. And we need to have empathy on takers. You just got to have empathy on takers. We have to be empathetic. We have to fear the Lord. It's all the Lord's. It all comes from the Lord. And the context is finances, but we can talk about our health. Good health comes from the Lord. Uh, Bad health, that's the Lord's allowed it. And that's between you and the Lord. If I have a terminal illness and a life-threatening illness, that's going to be between me and the Lord. And you can pray for me. And if it's God's will, I'm healed. Great, I'll be around for Clementine's wedding day. If not... I'll be a distant memory and a photo for my granddaughter in Florida. But I've already got 60 years, which is five more than Peter the Great got, and a lot of people. More than Spurgeon got, he got 54, 56. You understand? It's about fearing the Lord. 
It's about having the eternal perspective because all this is temporal, but when, it's all, when the Lord is first and we tithe or we're acknowledge him in our giving, whatever, when we truly have him enthroned in our hearts, then, then we just fear the Lord. It's like it's all the Lord's. And so when the lawyers threaten you and this threatens you or these people threaten you, it's like, oh, okay, you know, it's the Lord's. When Pastor Chuck had a lawsuit against him for the antennas on top of Saddleback Mountain for K-Wave, but we had a situation with lawyers where he, I had to be at a deposition with his lawyers, and they were really good lawyers. And he told me, well, Joey, you know, good lawyers. <laughs> and Pastor Chuck said that to me. I was like, wow, good lawyers. I remember that one. But he won that lawsuit against the state. And I remember just saying, like, if the Lord wants our antennas on Saddleback, they're on Saddleback. And if he doesn't, then he's allowed it. We need to fear the Lord. Not government that can take your antennas down from Saddleback or thieves that can take your private identity or your personal wealth. Because even if they took it, could not the Lord return it or restore it? What happened with Job? They took everything. And what did the Lord do? He multiplied his blessings when he restored them. And we're told in the New Testament, that's for our admonition in the book of James, that the end that the Lord intended. It's always about the heart. We fear the Lord. Fear the Lord, not the thief or the government or any other force. Fear the Lord, because in the end, he's ultimately a provider. Then we also see, you shall eat there before the Lord your God and rejoice you and your household. So they would, they would let's say we live in the Dan, up way in the north, Naphtali, up north of the Sea of Galilee, and we're going to go to the tabernacle. All right, kids, we're going to go down. We've got this big old offering. Okay, we've got the bull, the lamb, all this stuff. We want to just, here's our grain offerings. and well, We're not going to haul all this through the Jordan Valley, so we're going to sell it here. We'll get to Jerusalem, we'll buy all the stuff. They get to Jerusalem, they buy the stuff. And they actually participated in a meal with their sacrifice and their tithe. Now, you've got to decide what kind of attitude you're going to have for 90 miles, 100 miles walking south. So it'd be like uh, San Diego Mission, Oceanside Mission, San Juan Capistrano. What's the next one? It's right up here. He's, you know, the missions are 30 miles apart. So just feel three missions. And you can decide, like, are you excited to bring your wealth to the temple, the tabernacle? Are you excited to break bread with the Lord who gave you all that? Are your children excited? Kids, we're going we're gonna to have a meal with the Lord. It's like a food and fellowship with the king of kings. It's a food and fellowship in Jerusalem. Are you excited? Or is it like, man, I got to pay taxes. And the temple's like the accountant's office. You just dread going there. Like, good news, bad news, right? Don't we all feel that way this time? You're like, good news, bad news? It's always good news with the Lord. God is a cheerful giver. You have to decide, are you joyful in your giving? And are you going to pass that on? Are you going to enjoy this meal with the Lord, with your wife there at the temple? Is it religion or is it relationship? Because God says, you shall rejoice. And in the previous chapter, chapter 12, not 13, but 12, three times it says, you're going to rejoice. You're going to rejoice in what your hand has done. You're going to rejoice. So actually the idea that the Lord had in mind is when you bring the gift, you're just rejoicing because God made you a really smart horticulturalist. You are really smart. You're really good with the vineyards. You're, in fact, you're amazing with vineyards. Like you have the best grapes in the Kidron Valley. It's amazing. What skill God has given you with grapes. And what you can do with a fig tree, mind-bending. It's like the sumu fruit, this new orange you get, right? It's like you can peel it in one peel. It's super sweet, not too juicy. It's not sticky, and there's no seeds. Like the per- it's like they did like this kind of hybrid, and they made this perfect fruit, orange thing. It's like that. Like, but you would say, God did that. I didn't do that. Oh, I'm so smart, son of Adam. I can put a lunar module on the moon. 
and I can make a perfect fig without seeds. No, the Lord gives us all the skills and gifts that we have. He's over all of it, and we acknowledge him, whether we're the plumber, the carpenter, or the electrician, or whoever we are, the teacher, the pastor, and we bring it, and we're like, Lord, you're good. And you, you gave me these skills. You gave me these talents. And this really is who WG is, because this really is our church the way we are. So praise God. And you rejoice with your family. So the next generation understands God provide all this. See all this that you have? This isn't me being smart with widgets and gadgets and decimal points. This is what the Lord has done for us, and he's done for you. And as he's provided for us, you'll see he'll provide for you. Now, we can lay something up for you, but who knows what dark day is coming. But in the end, you know whatever day you face, he's going to provide for you. He is your confidence. He is the early rain. He is the latter rain. He allows the Sabaeans. He allows the Midianites. And whatever comes your way, just know he'll always be your provider and your protector and your healer. And we need to know that. You will fear the Lord first, and then you rejoice in your giving. And that's exactly what Paul said. God loves a cheerful giver. I love to give. I truly do. And most of you, if not all of you that I'm looking at that I know here are very generous in your giving people. I mean, I gotta be honest. Maybe it's just because I'm close to eternity, but when I see opportunities where I can bless someone and give, it's not like, oh, more food for eternity, but I know that's what it is. Like, I just want to encourage this person. I want to encourage your children in what God's doing in their life. I want to be part of what they're doing. When all your kids, any of your kids, everyone on a mission trip and you came here, what did we do? We got behind it because we want to encourage them to take steps of faith and we want to support them in their faith and learning to trust the Lord in their journey. Always. Any smart teenager knows that worship generation will always fund them on a mission trip. And they know that. That's a good investment. And you just can't go wrong on that investment. Plus, if they want to go when they're young, they're more likely to go when they go older. So we want to get behind that. We want to rejoice. I believe we do rejoice. You and your household. You might be the primary breadwinner, as they say, but you and your household, you and your, your marriage should rejoice in your giving. You and your children should rejoice in the giving. As I think about the inheritance I've received from our parents, and I think about the inheritance that we have for our children, physical children, I also think about the inheritance I have for my spiritual children. And I think about what I want to do to help so many people who I've been able to work with, disciple, and minister to, and mentor in ministry. I want to help your kids. If you're gone before me, I want to help your kids. If you're gone before me, I want to help your wife or your husband if he's not capable of working help him to find a job and pray for his job. That's who we want to be. And I really believe that's who we are. But God wants us to rejoice. So when you leave here tonight, just know that God wants you to rejoice in your giving. He hasn't changed that. <laughs> We're going to Jerusalem. Woo-hoo. Yeah. And like God has prospered our wedding business. He's prospered our plumbing business. He's prospered our accounting business. He's pros- prospered our ministry business. He's, he's, and just so... Brian Jamison over at OCCF, they just so and so and so. They're a smaller church with less resources. But whenever he, he starts talking about all things they're doing, he just gets so excited because they're a giving church and they're just going for it. I love stuff like that. We want to rejoice. We want to be excited. If anyone asks you about your giving, you don't necessarily have to tell them what you're doing, but you just you'll be like, oh, we love to give. Love to give. We want to invest in people, we want to invest in the kingdom. 
Then the last thing we see, so we see that we need to fear the Lord. We need to rejoice in our giving. But that last thing is, is, is in this context, it gives us a target. The Levite, they were the spiritual leaders. They're like the ministry, the ministers. They were to serve the people, to serve the Lord. They didn't have possessions. The Lord is their inheritance. So the Levites, when uh, Jehoshaphat had his revival and he put teachers in every city to teach the law of God to the people, they, of course, Levites would have gone out with the law of God. So they were full-time ministry. So that's cool. That's great. But that's not, you know, full-time ministry is a unique thing for most pastors are not full-time ministry, and that, that's fine. But they, they're the spiritual leaders. So the Levites, contextually, that's what it would be. So that's investing in pastors and pastors' wives and, and church leaders and various things that you might feel led to do. And again, we've done a lot of this as a church. We've done a lot of this. While we invest in the ministries of what people do, we invest in people. And we always affirm to people that when we're sending them resources, that it's at their discretion. Because if you've got a family of four people in a third world country, your whole life is the ministry. Like you might, you might want, you might need a couple thousand dollars because you're doing these food things and you're feeding people during COVID and that the government can't feed or whatever. You might want to get a new building during COVID and God's opened that door for you and the police are giving you favor and look the other way when you're open. These are true stories. But, you know, your daughter might have a medical thing that insurance just doesn't cover. And you got to go to this city. It's going to cost $1,000 to get in and see the specialist. And that might be your need for this money. We trust the, we believe in people. We believe in supporting ordained, spirit-filled people. And then they make the call. If it says you designate this for this, this or that, or it's like, hey, as you feel led, man. As you feel led. And we want people that know when they receive anything from us, you're there. These people are these people that are planting churches in faraway countries like faraway places like Siberia, they're all in with their families. It's 30 below for months at a time. They drive snowmobiles to faraway villages to share the gospel. If they need the money to fix a snowmobile, good. If they need the money to get homeschool supplies for their kids from the other side of the world, then good for that too. Right? It's people. The Levite. And then, of course, there's the widows. And we've talked a lot about this. The widows. It's those that are more vulnerable and have less opportunity. The widows. The orphans, of course. Wow. We have so many families in this church that have adopted children. And mothers of adopted children. And I see some of you here tonight. I so commend you. It's amazing. I cannot think of a greater step of faith than to adopt children that are not your own and raise them, not knowing how it's going to play out. Hey, it's hard enough when they're your biological children. It's easier to have difficulties when you're raising your own biological children. The love and sacrifice to raise children that you did not birth is just incredible. You've chosen to raise orphans, and the Lord knows that in all the heartaches and challenges that you might incur in that. God bless you, and the Lord knows that. God loves the orphan, and of course, we do a ton of stuff with orphans all over the world, all over the world. And I've been saying this the last few weeks, but what we need to understand is like the young people here, most of you could figure out some kind of a plan by which you could make money. I look at what David Yardley did with Moon Goat Coffee over there in Costa Mesa of the Yardley family. It's just amazing. I love Moon Goat Coffee. It's like, like David Yardley came up with this and we grew up with the Yardley kids. They all went to worship generation. And David Yardley had that opportunity, but I can assure you those opportunities are not available to most people in the world in most countries. 
When our own Jennifer Monroe went to Africa in January to a closed Muslim nation for one week to minister to women, young women, I can assure you those women cannot just figure out a way to open moon goat coffee in their city. They can't even get an education. Like you think, well, well, come on, get it together and find a way in that country. I can't even name the country. It's so gnarly. Come on, girl, find a way. There is no way. That's the point. So we have to pray. And apart from a revolution, there's just no way. A change of government. There's no way. A running away to, from what you do know. Human beings will take a known dysfunction over an unknown function. So apart from being a, a young African girl in a Muslim nation, running across borders to try and find a better life in Europe, she's in line on the boats to get to Italy like everybody else. How's that working out? What girl's going to do that at 18 to get a college education? Or even basic hygiene, hygienic instructions? You see, we are blessed, and we sow and we reap. I can't wait till I get to eternity. Not I want the young people to be 80 before your time. I'll get there before you. But I can't wait till these three generations are all in eternity. I mean, by the year 2110, we're all there, basically. Except maybe a couple kids here. But we're there. And we'll really see the fruit. Think about Pastor Chuck right now in eternity with all those hippies from the tent. And even the people from the four square churches that he pastored before that. They're all there now. And not only that, these are like good stock investments because they're there and their fruit is still going on like right here. Because we're Chuck's fruit. So, we invest in people, particularly vulnerable people, and you just, you just go for it. The stranger, the fatherless, the Levite, the widow. And we talked about the stranger last week, and it's been kind of the running joke in our family this week. Like, who's a stranger? Anyone that rubs you wrong is a stranger. The person on the freeway is a stranger. That neighbor down the road is a stranger. Like, the stranger, the guy that just took the best way of the day from you at the pier is the stranger. Like the stranger is anyone and everyone. The person that treats you rude because you're from California, you're talking to someone in Florida. The stranger is anyone. The stranger is the immigrant, legal or illegal. And again, we talked about this. So much of the ministries that we are supporting all over, particularly like Eastern Europe and Africa and these places, there's refugees. Half the planet's refugees right now. And we're able to be a part of this. Like, it's, you, it's, real, it's a really good feeling knowing that you're investing in people that are the stranger. Today, oh, we had the men down there at the beach. You know, it's kind of funny, though, with the stranger. You just never know what you're going to get. So we're at the beach today, and we had the, those great breakfast burritos from Sugar Shack. The best. Thank you, Sam. Guys, everything that made it happen. But I've been talking for days with my wife. Like, the last couple of minutes thing, I've been kind of, like, fasting, so I didn't take the breakfast burritos. But this time, I'm like, oh, we got my camp. I'm getting that breakfast burrito, man. We've had a bunch of them left over, too. I'm all over the breakfast burrito. So, but we're a little more downsized this time. You know, there's less abundance because we kind of had the idea of numbers. I'm like, okay, well, there's enough for half one now. And so I look, and right when we're done, there's, like, three half breakfast burritos. I'm like, yeah. Grab that breakfast burrito. I got, I got my half a breakfast burrito. Because old Jennifer, I told the dogs when I left, Fitz, Lucy, I'm coming back with a sugar sack breakfast burrito. I think it's got bacon in it. Us, mommies, the women singing Vista, party, breakfast burrito all day long in the house. So I got my breakfast burrito. We're about to leave. But this homeless woman was kind of hovering. Somebody noticed her. She kind of kept kind of hovering around us, like looking for something. I was like, I think there goes my breakfast burrito. 
I was like, wow. Gosh, I said, I'm going to tell Fitz when I get home without that breakfast burrito. So I say, hey, are you hungry? And she goes, yeah. I was like, would you like a breakfast burrito? She's like, yeah. So I give her the burrito. She goes, oh, it looks like you've been sitting out for a while. I was like, man, it's my breakfast burrito, man. I've been talking trash on my breakfast burrito, man. <laughs> like, do you want to give it back? You know, like, I was like, so you don't give your brother your breakfast burrito because they appreciate it. You give it away because God is a cheerful giver. And she went like, she flicked the top of it. I was like, what are you flicking? I've been guarding, I had my eyes when Sam was teaching my eyes were on that breakfast burrito. But you know what she said after about 30 seconds? Well, thanks. <laughs> but even she didn't say thanks. I didn't really do it because she's going to say thanks. I did it because the Lord said, give her your breakfast burrito. And I did it joyfully. Isn't it great to serve the Lord? Isn't it great to have him over everything? To, to fear the Lord as your provider? To rejoice in the Lord in your sowing? And to love all those people that are out there that need to be invested in with your time, your energy, and your resources? So WG, keep sowing bountifully. Keep believing in people. Keep loving people. And just keep our treasures in heaven. Amen. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.